Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. I need to make just a quick little announcement here. I have uh, gotten more, I guess, responsibility and more things than I am taking care of um, outside of uh, my normal work and podcasts. Uh, so I'm going to continue this podcast as best I can. This, uh, I don't know what we would call this, our Bible study or just, you know, just sharing the word of God. I'm going to continue to do this as best I can. It may not be quite as frequent. It may not be quite as often, but I will try to keep it up as much as I can on a daily basis. Just letting you know that it, it could change somewhat, but I will do the best I can. All right. Okay. So I want to look at Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. Now, this is in the New King James Version, the New King James Version. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. So Matthew rose and followed him. He just left it there. Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house that, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. So here Jesus goes to Matthew's house and they have a dinner for him, Matthew does. And Matthew invites his friends. Now, all his friends are other tax collectors and sinners. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You know, there's a lot to learn here in the story of Matthew and this dinner and Jesus, and I keep coming back to it. I just want to take a moment and just think about what's going on here. If we notice... You know, Matthew, first of all, he abandons everything. He abandons his job, everything. He just leaves it. There's no going back to it. If you walk off of your job like that, they'll have someone else there. I mean, you're, you are disposable. Even in those days, you're not going to be indispensable. But then Jesus goes and his disciples come with him and they, they sit down. And now, and we know from Luke that Matthew is actually having this dinner in honor of the Lord. And then he invites, like I said, his friends, his tax collectors and sinners. They're his friends. That's who he knows. That's the circle he runs in because he's a tax collector. That doesn't mean they're all mean, evil people, but they may not be, you know, they may not be the best um, in the fact that maybe they are not uh, following the Lord properly. Maybe they're not following God's word exactly right. So the Pharisees, they know this. They know these people. These people are tax collectors and sinners. Now, tax collectors, you have to remember, were considered, they were considered um, traitors. They were considered the worst of traitors because they were helping the Roman occupiers. Okay. 
So um, there's a word for that, you know, when you cooperate with the enemy, and I can't think of it right this second. It'll come to me when I'm not trying to think of it. But nonetheless, they are aiding and abetting the Romans, and they are traitors to their own people. That's how they were looked upon. And then sinners could be a wide variety of people that are just considered to not be uh, following God correctly. Now, you notice what Jesus says to the Pharisees. Now, first, the Pharisees, they, they show the wrong attitude. Why does your teacher eat with ta- why are Why are you here with these people, basically? Just why are you even associating with these people? That's really what it comes down to. Why are you associating with these people? These people are unclean to even to even talk to and be around these people is not good. It is bad. Now, that's the way, that's their attitude, that's what they're presenting, okay? But Jesus just looks at them, you know, and now think about this, too. The Pharisees believe that they are the righteous, okay? They believe that they are correct and right because they do all the little ceremonial things. They believe they are righteous and correct. So they are very self-righteous, okay? So keep that in mind, too. But Jesus looks at them and really calls them out on their thinking and how their heart is. He says, those who are well have no need of a physician. So he's talking to the Pharisees. He's saying, you believe, and and this is going to be a wild paraphrase, okay? But he's basically saying to them, you believe you are healthy and well. You believe you are righteous, so you have no need of me. You don't need me. You won't listen to me anyway because you already believe you are righteous. He said, but those who are sick, they need a doctor. So in this case, those who are sinners, those who are not righteous, they need me. They need the Lord. That's what he's saying. He's saying, so I am going to those who need me. He's going to those who are in need of the Lord makes perfect sense. Really, it's a logical thing. It it makes absolute perfect sense. The Pharisees, unfortunately, their attitude that they are righteous, they have so much self-righteousness, that that is what keeps them from really accepting the Lord. Even though there were some of them that believed in Jesus, they never could bring themselves to really stand up for him and defend him. Not that we know of anyway from scriptures. There's no one that really, you know, jumped out, you know, and tried to defend the Lord or stand for him or with him. And then Jesus tells them, go and learn what this means. Now, he knows the scriptures and we know that even at a young age, he was at the temple asking questions and speaking to the uh, the people, the leaders of the temple and, you know. That's when he was, I think, what was he, 12? So we know for certain that he was doing these things when he was young. Well, now he knows he has, he has been doing, he has been doing what he preaches. He has been in God's word, studying God's word for years and years and years. So he's he's schooling these guys. He's telling them, look, 
go learn what this means. And he quotes uh, from a scripture, Hosea 6, uh, chapter 6, verse 6. Hosea chapter 6, verse 6. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And then he repeats again, points points out their, really he's pointing out their faulty logic and pointing out his correct logic. He's saying, for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. In other words, you consider yourself righteous. You're not, you're, you won't listen to me anyway. So I did not come to call you because you say you're righteous. Now, if they would admit that they were not righteous, he would have been there for them. And matter of fact, he, I mean, he spoke to Nicodemus and he would speak to different ones. He went to uh, the one guy, Simon's house. He spoke to different people. And I don't think he wasted time with people who were absolutely not willing to listen or think about what he had to say. Because Jesus knew he was on a time limit. He knew he was on a timetable. And I don't think he wasted his time. I think he spent it wisely. But nonetheless, he's telling them, I did not come to call the righteous. You, you, you know, you say you're righteous. I didn't come to call you if you're righteous, but I've come to call sinners to repentance. So he's here for those who need to repent and those who need to change and need to come back to the Lord. He's come seeking the lost, as we know. Now, if we'll notice too, the Pharisees in verse 11, you know, again, with why, you know, why are you associating with these people? You know, Jesus was against, or at least he was at odds with the establishment. You know, you might say he was against the man of his day. You know, if you've ever heard that phrase, oh, no, you know, we don't, we don't follow the man. We're against the man, you know, the people in charge. Basically, we're saying we're against the people in charge, right? Because they have, um, perhaps they have hypocritical rules or whatever. But nonetheless, Jesus was actually kind of that way. He was at odds with the establishment. He was at odds with the leaders because he was not following their way, their very superficial way of, of worship and following God, that he was not doing that. Now, the Pharisees wanted to discredit Jesus. They wanted, wanted to discourage people from following him. But instead, with these types of interactions, and, and there's more than one similar to this, they discredit themselves. You know, in verse 13, Jesus points out what they should have already known from the scriptures. The fact that he knew this and could um, repeat this to them shows that he learned this from the scriptures, that he knew this. They should have known this. They had access to the scriptures. And, and that is from, I'm going to read Hosea chapter 6, verse 6. For I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. So here in this one verse, God is explaining something too. Now this was, this was really pointed to uh, Israel and Jerusalem, the Jewish people, but it does apply to us too. Because it's, it's stating a heartfelt um, intent of God and, and stating what he wants of us, of his people. And we are his people also now. And he, he desires 
mercy. Well, we don't need to give God mercy, right? I mean, God is, is righteous, is holy, is all-powerful. He has everything. So he's not saying he wants us to give him mercy. We need to have mercy on others. He desires for us to have mercy. And I'm not saying we shouldn't, you know, give to our congregation or that we shouldn't, you know, do charitable things. But but he's more interested uh, in us having mercy on others, which would include actually charitable works and stuff, but having mercy and grace on others. And notice this, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. He would rather have us spend more time learning about him than spending that time, you know, burning, burning offerings to him. And nowadays we really look at this, or at least I see this as our, our sacrifice and our offerings are really more about our time and our efforts to help others. That is more of what our um, offering and sacrifices are. And that's more of what our worship is about. So here at this, again, at this dinner associating with these people, Jesus is doing what they, the Pharisees, should have been doing. Teaching and talking to the lost. Going to those in need. Showing God's love and wisdom and sharing that knowledge. The Pharisees were all caught up in their traditions, these little details and these little things, and they were missing the more important or weightier matters, as you know, Jesus says in another place, you know, they're missing the weightier matters of the law, which if you look back even through the old law, everything Jesus taught was in the old law. He did not like whip up new stuff. There's no, there was no need. Everything is there. And we, Jesus and we, now us, but Jesus was the fulfillment of that law. And now we are continuing his work also as part of the fulfillment of that law. We have not wiped away all of that, but instead we are we are a part of his fulfillment of it. So finally, sharing God's love, mercy, and wisdom are more important than rituals and ceremonies. And it always will be, because when we're sharing God's love and mercy and wisdom with others, we're fulfilling these things that God is asking of us. That's what he's asking us to do. That's what the Lord asked us to do. He said, go into all the world. He said that to his disciples, but he intended that for all of us. We're all his disciples now. And then living according to God's word and love and wisdom. And if we're living according to God's word and love and wisdom, then we will be sharing God's love and mercy and wisdom. We'll be sharing knowledge of God and sharing his love and mercy. When we're doing that, that is the true worship and sacrifice that God desires. And when we're doing that in our life, then our life is a life of true worship in spirit and in truth. And that was something that the Pharisees were totally missing, but Jesus wanted to express that and get that across. 
And I think that is one thing, that is another thing that we can learn here in these few verses. So I want to thank you for your time. I hope you have a wonderful, blessed day. May the Lord keep you safe and watch over you. And remember, God loves you.